This is Nurse Geezer News for the week of August 27th, 2018, and I'm your host, Rebecca Hartman-Baker. Today's guest is Dave Paul. Dave is one of the system administrators on the computational systems that NERSC supports. He's also NERSC's unofficial museum curator with artifacts of NERSC history spanning more than 40 years. Dave, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Thank you, Rebecca. So, Dave, today's subject is burst buffer. So, what is a burst buffer? Essentially, a burst buffer is... uh, solid-state disks or SSDs that function essentially as a large cache between the computational nodes and the file system of spinning disks. Okay, so I know that there are different burst buffer architectures, so can you tell us about that? Uh, Yes, Uh, typically there are three types, Uh, node local, uh, an external with a file system, and a local attached. Uh, Cori is is local attached to the high-speed network. Uh, With a node local, each of the nodes in the system, the compute nodes themselves, would have a small SSD installed in them that that node would have direct access to. One of the difficulties of that type of configuration is that it makes it much harder to share that storage space with other compute nodes in the system. Uh, With an external file system, uh, that's where the SSDs are physically located with the spinning disks, uh, but then they're still connected to the computational system via a network attachment, whether it's uh, FDDI, high-speed Ethernet, or something like a fiber channel. With Cori system, with locally attached to the high-speed network, the file system itself can be shared with all of the compute nodes, and because it is on the high-speed network, it has much higher bandwidth. Okay, so sounds like it's sort of a compromise or the, but the best of both worlds there, where you've, uh, you've got the speed like you might have on a node local one, um, but you also have the combined disk space like you would have on the external. Yes. Can you tell us about what we have here at NERSC? So we have a burst buffer on Cori. Yes, uh, so Cori has... Uh, Inside of it, along with the compute nodes and all of the service blades, it has 288 data warp servers. Each server has uh, a group of four SSDs installed in it. Uh, So that provides a total of almost two petabytes of SSD storage or or data warp, uh, which is what the Cray product is known as, uh, data warp storage. And then uh, we've configured something called uh, uh, granularity. And that granularity right now is, is configured at 20 gigabytes. So for each 20 gigabytes of allocation that a user requests, they will get one data warp server that would serve that 20 gigabytes. So if you asked for 200 gigabytes of data warp storage, you would get 10 data warp servers and that would continue up until we've allocated all 288 servers. Okay. I've heard lots of buzzwords about the burst buffer, but I don't really know what they mean. So maybe you can tell us more about it. So I've heard people having persistent reservations. What yes. is that? So a persistent reservation um, as opposed to a, a job reservation. 
job reservation, uh, you would get your allocation and it would only exist for the lifetime of your job. And then when your job ended, the space would be returned to the pool for other users to take advantage of. With a persistent reservation, you would request a specific amount of data warp storage and you would pick a name for it, which with that name you can access it in multiple jobs or you can also share that space with other users to use in their jobs. And the main thing to be careful with there, if you are sharing it with other users, is you do want to make sure that uh, people are either using it one at a time or if they are using it uh, concurrently that they use uh, diff different subdirectories within that persistent reservation. Oh, okay. That's good to know. So. This would be a good place for staging some data that you need on your... Uh, yeah, so with a persistent reservation, as with uh, a job reservation, Data Warp supports staging, both staging in and staging out. And the benefit of, of staging is that uh, Data Warp will allocate your space and it will copy your data from uh, the Scratch file system, C Scratch 1, into your Data Warp allocation before it, the system gives you any compute nodes. So if you have a lot of data to stage in and or stage out, you're not sitting on a compute node while that uh, file transfer is happening. Oh, okay, that's, that's nice. So then you're not wasting your, your um, repo hours. Correct. Waiting for yeah. data. Yeah, so this time we do, we, we do not charge anything extra for using data warp. Okay, yeah, and, and everyone can use it, right? Yes, uh, we currently have uh, a 50 terabyte per job limit per user. Um, and so uh, 50 terabytes is essentially allocating a granularity or a slice on every one of the data warp servers. So with that, you can get, uh, you can get the, uh, the benefit of the most performance available. Okay, well, so now I'm convinced that I wanna use the data warp. So. What do I do? How do I use it? Um, I would go to the uh, user services webpage and look at uh, uh, the pieces that you need to add to your job script. It, it involves two or three uh, commands that you would put in uh, that you would uh, specify how much data warp you want to use, uh, whether you want to use it as a persistent reservation or a job reservation and whether or not you want it to be private to each individual compute node or whether you want it to stripe across all compute nodes and all servers and whether or not you want to stage in data and or stage out data. Okay, well that sounds good. So Dave, switching gears a little bit, how did you end up working here at NERSC? Um, so I started my career in uh, in the late 70s, uh, working for a mini computer company, uh, Digital Equipment Corporation. That was child labor, right? Uh, yes, I was 12 years old at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I worked for DEC, as, as they were known, um, for five years. And then uh, for the next five to 10 years, I worked for either uh, an OEM that would sell DEC equipment or would use them in-house. Uh, and then I had an opportunity to join a contract supporting a Cray XMP at the Naval Undersea Warfare Center in Newport, Rhode Island. And so I spent 10 years there. Um, 
And during that time, I spent many weeks in Minnesota at Cray, uh, going through various uh, training that, that Cray would give to their uh, on-site engineers. Uh, so I had a very good understanding of, of the internals of how the Cray systems worked. And then uh, in 1999, I had an opportunity to move to the West Coast and join NERSC, and I've been here since. Well, that's cool. Glad you're here. Happy to be here. All right. So um, finishing up here, three things that you want NERSC users to know. Uh, first, on our subject, data warp, uh, uh, explore data warp, try it out. It, it, if you're... Uh, applications do a lot of I.O. or a lot of, a lot of I.O.P.S. Uh, data Warp can be a very big benefit uh, to you. Uh, second thing to say is, um, and as, as a system administrator, part of our job is to keep the system healthy for all users. And so quite often we come across some things that may not be the most efficient use of the system. Uh, so I would uh, encourage users to continually review what they're doing, what their job is doing, and whether they're getting the, uh, the performance that they expect. Um, and if something doesn't seem quite right to them, uh, NERSC is here to help and, and we're happy to do that. And uh, I guess the third thing is that uh, uh, users should know that the NERSC staff, uh, we are here to support them and we're quite happy to provide whatever assistance we can. We have a general interest in science and getting science done. And uh, we're quite proud of having some of the most uh, powerful computers in the world here. All right, well thank you Dave for joining me today. You're welcome, thank you.